All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? It's a... Thursday, February 24th edition of the Daily Faceoff show, streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, and as well, of course, at dailyfaceoff.com. He's former NHL netminder, Mike. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm grinding, Frank. How about you? <laughs> it's trade season. I'm always grinding. This is all I know. We're a little more than three and a half weeks away. And Mike, there's been a lot happening, not just in the hockey world, but around the world in general. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's drop the puck with this. I think we've all been watching in stunned silence over the last 24 hours as Russia has attacked the Ukraine. And, and I think one of the big things that we have a question with in the hockey world is this is impacting so many walks of life at the moment. How will this impact the hockey world? We're waiting for Alex Ovechkin to speak on the topic shortly. Uh, it'll probably be a couple days. You see a tweet from Samantha Pell uh, expecting him to be available. Not today, but he wants further time before speaking about Russia's attack on Ukraine. His wife, kids, mom, and dad are all in Russia at the moment. So you understand certainly the precarious position that Alex Ovechkin and potentially his family are in. He's been an Arvin and a supporter of, uh, of Vladimir Putin to this point. His profile picture on his Instagram page is Alex Ovechkin with Vladimir Putin. And he's been part of teamputin.ru, a support factor uh, for Vladimir Putin. Um, and you look at just the impact on the hockey world in general, Mike, the 
two prominent IHF World Championships, both the World Junior Championship in 2023, Novosibirsk and Omsk, and then also the 2023 Men's World Championship uh, scheduled to take place in St. Petersburg. Some of those events, 10 months, more than a year off, a lot can happen in between now and then, but you see the very cozy relationship that the IHF and their former president um, in uh, Rene Fassel had with Vladimir Putin, and also what a big part hockey is to Vladimir Putin in terms of getting his message out to the country and also the world, a big hockey fan. And this certainly has many layers and connections to the hockey world. It does. And you just think about this from Ovechkin's standpoint that he has been an ardent supporter of Vladimir Putin previously, especially in 2014. Uh, the last time that there was real conflict between the UK Ukraine and Russia, he was very much on Russia's side. Uh, there's a belief that the Russians are saving the Ukrainians and, and the separatists on the eastern half. And, you know, we haven't seen an invasion like this in a very long time uh, in the world history, you know, and, and I think that what you're really worried about are sanctions. It's not just the world juniors, how it affects and other international events. I mean, if there are large sanctions put in place on Russia or on Russian individuals and citizens, how does that play out? Is there an effect on Russian players? I've been in the league previously and playing pro hockey when there was concerns about players being able to obtain work visas. And I think that's real. I mean, this is a major conflict. I'm not sure how long this may last, what ramifications there might be on a global scale. And I think it's real. And you're seeing even people from other sports, F1 superstar Sebastian Vettel. He's not going to race in Russia because of this. So I think there's ramifications that may be long lasting. And I'm very curious to see or to hear what Alexander Ovechkin has to say when it comes time for him to speak. Yeah, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, former Washington Post Capitals beat reporter Isabel Kershudian. She has been a foreign correspondent now for the Washington Post since leaving the hockey beat. She is actually in Ukraine at the moment, so wishing her all the best uh, and safe travels in her reporting journey. Uh, thinking of Isabel, thinking of everyone in Ukraine, and in, in a way, too, uh, thinking of Alex Ovechkin, probably not a real comfortable mm -hmm. position for him to be in as he's at some point going to have to answer questions about his support for Russia and his stance. Mike, uh, that was too big of a topic to ignore, but let's turn our attention back to the ice and let's talk about uh, Johnny Gaudreau and the Calgary Flames, the red hot Calgary Flames. They've been on an absolute tear um, and some really interesting comments from their assistant general manager in Craig Conroy made to Sportsnet Radio. And the paraphrase of the quote is, that's a done deal. We're going to get him re-signed. So lots of confidence from the Flames management group. Do you buy into that? If they're saying that publicly, they better follow through on at this point, because I can't imagine the pitchforks that would be coming out if they weren't able to get Johnny Goudreau extended. I think a lot of this comes down to the success of the Flames recently and the belief in Daryl Sutter and the players on that team to be able to carry towards a Stanley Cup in recent or not in recent in upcoming seasons. And the hard part here is going to be the dollar figures for Goudreau. There's not a ton of comparables that fall in line, I think, for a winger in the NHL with him. I mean, you've got Panarin, who's off the charts at 11-6, and then, you know, Jamie Benz at 9-5. That's not a great comparison. I think the closest one might be Landeskog in Colorado, who ended up with $7 million as the, as the target figure, but it also had a lot of trade protection. And that might be something that will affect Johnny Goudreau and his decision whether he wants to stay with Calgary is if he get the, gets that. We had a great piece on Daily Faceoff about how much that can make a difference from our own Chris Gear. Um, 
And so th- there's a lot of work to be done in, in Calgary. I mean, you've got Kachuk and RFA, Mangiapani's an RFA, Shillington's an RFA, even Matthew Kachuk, RFA. So there's a lot to do. But Goudreau's the best player in Calgary. I think it gets done, especially if Craig Conroy says it publicly that emphatically, Frank. Yeah, I was very surprised by those comments. I got to tell you, I checked in in the hours or days since uh, those comments were made, and I don't think there's anything new there. There have not been substantive discussions that I'm aware of that have taken place recently between Johnny Gaudreau's camp and the Calgary Flames. And I think the way this season has gone, how well he's played, uh, on pace to shatter career numbers, hit the century mark for the first time in points for him in his career. Um, it's been very quiet and sort of peaceful on that front that I think both sides were pretty content to watch this play out, see what Johnny Gaudreau can accomplish, let the numbers fall where they may, and also see what the Calgary Flames can accomplish in the playoffs. We all know with that team that it's about what happens in the postseason, not the regular season. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's anything new there. I think. The confidence is nice, but um, I don't know that it's backed up by any reality at the moment. Although if you're a Flames fan, I guess you'd like to hear it. So we we talked about confidence coming from the front office, and I think the Edmonton Oilers could sure use some, uh, certainly in net. You look at Mike Smith, another four-goal game against uh, this at the hands of the Tampa Bay Lightning on Wednesday night. And that now is eight goals against in his last 29 shots faced. It seemed last week, Mike, like Mike Smith was getting it together, a three-game stretch at a 940 clip, and he was like, okay, Mike Smith is healthy, he's good, this guy is going to get back to the level that he was at last season. And you're seeing some potential flaws in his game that really are kind of alarming at this point. Well, I think he's getting exposed in a couple of different areas that teams realize. And, you know, you can be a goaltender in the National Hockey League and rattle off two or three games in a row purely on feel, playing by the seat of your pants. If you're feeling the flow, you might be able to rack up those numbers. But there's been far too many games this year and four and five goals against. And I think that right now Mike Smith is relying too much on technique and not enough on reaction. And you look at last night's goal against Steven Stamkos that he allowed the shots from the dot. And Smith is down in RVH on his post in an integration, and, he, and Stamco scores top side, top shelf, blocker side high. And it's not surprising because players now know that this is an area that Smith is susceptible because he tends to stay on his goal line. He tends to stay down and linger in that RVH post integration. And no goaltender should be in that from the dot. That's a move that's for the goal line and just slightly ahead of it in the right way. Just several games previously, two games before, Trevor Zegras scored in a similar fashion, albeit from the goal line. But you can see how small Mike Smith is playing. He's got his paddle down. He's on the goal line. He ends up in his net. That's not ideal for a big goalie. He's 6'4". There's no reason to be paddled down there. RVH in that scenario was okay. But you got to stay big and stay up on your edges. And I think teams now are realizing Smith's on his goal line. If you can move the puck quickly and get shots above his pads to either side, he's getting beat by those. And that concerns me going forward. Edmonton we've, has been a hot-button topic all year with goaltending. But right now, I'm not sure where Mike Smith's game is. He's going to need more for them, Frank, to get to the playoffs. I just don't know how Ken Holland can make a deal. You've reported on it. It's a tough trade market out there for goaltenders, isn't it? 
It is, but at some point you have to do something like I think, and we're beyond that. I think the surprising thing for the Edmonton Oilers, Mike, this year is the resistance to change. You saw Mm -hmm. the calls for, uh, for the coach's head and Dave Tippett that began in early January, sort of right after the holidays. And it took another five weeks or six weeks for the Edmonton Oilers to get to that point before Ken Holland makes the gut feel deal. And in this sense, you know, the same thing's happening again with Mike Smith. You know, it was, let's get him healthy. Let's get him back. Well, he's healthy now. The question is, A, how how, how long is he going to be healthy at 39 with two sort of unique injuries this year? Is another one coming? You can't feel confident on that front, and you can't feel confident with the on-ice product that you've seen from him. So I think the Oilers players can say and publicly all they want about their support for Smith, their support for Koskinen, and that's all great. But I don't know how you can begin to think of the Edmonton Oilers, not just as a playoff team, but as a Stanley Cup contender, given where they're currently constituted in net. It may be difficult. You may not like the acquisition cost, and you may not like or think that the goaltenders on the market are difference makers, but you at some point have to do something because this team... They're on ice failings at this point. Their shortcomings are emanating from the net. When you rank in the 20s in save percentage as a team, that's not anywhere near good enough getting it done. And at some point, you know, step up or not, no one said life as an NHL general manager was easy. If not, anyone could do it. So uh, those are my thoughts on the Edmonton Oilers and their crease. Insight from you, fantastic, uh, just on the little flaws that you're seeing in Mike Smith's game. Let's talk about um, one other ageless wonder, and that would be Corey Perry hitting a significant milestone on Wednesday night for the Tampa Bay Lightning. His 400th career goal, the ninth active player to hit 400 goals. You see the celebration. You see the reaction, not just from Perry. Perfect Corey Perry goal, by the way, to hit the milestone. (laughs) A guy that's always in the way, always in traffic, never afraid to go to the net. And you see see his reaction, how much it means to him to get to that milestone threshold. Um, This is a guy, Mike, that's having an excellent season, has found that fountain of youth, 14 goals now for the Tampa Bay Lightning this year, and certainly feels like a guy that's on track. We talk about Patrick Maroon and the three straight Stanley Cups that he's won. Well, Corey Perry could get to a third straight final and is looking for that first Stanley Cup uh, since 2007. Can't beat him, join him. And let's be very clear about this. Corey Corey Perry is playing for Stanley Cups at this point. He's got plenty of money. He's accomplished just about everything you ever could want to during a career Stanley Cup. Uh, Everything with Team Canada that he's done with uh, gold medals, world championships, all those things. I look at his, his season. And thinking 14 goals as a fourth liner, 28 points. Like He's the best fourth liner in the game offensively. And he's doing it for two million bucks this year and next year for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, this is about a fit. This is about a player who understands that the Tampa Bay Lightning can win and he wants to be there. He did it with Montreal. He did it with Dallas. Now he's in Tampa. And this is this guy is impossible to play against, Frank. Like I, I remember battling him one game where he turned around and told me he was gonna kill me. And I looked at him and I said, Man, like I could use all the workers' cop money I could get right now in the national, like have at it. But like he was always in the crease. That's where, you know, he's made that living. I apologize for my camera coming down there. But this has been a tough career for a player to carve out and be that consistent to play that hard of minutes in front of the net. 
And that's what Kerry, Corey Perry has done. Well, you said two million bucks, and that's two million total over the two years. Like, given what he showed in Dallas, given what he showed in Montreal, helping those teams as integral, uh, an integral contributor to to what they were doing. To think that it took a little bit of, um, you know, push on his part to get a little term, get a second year at such a bargain price in Tampa, it could end up being one of the better moves that Julian Brisebois has made. And that really says a lot because seemingly everything to this point he's touched has turned to gold as Mike continues to uh, to tweak his camera here. This is uh, everyone and at I, home. I told you I was doing... grinding earlier, and I am grinding full through, man. <laughs> yeah, but everyone that's that's been working from home with Zoom or WebEx or what have you, uh, they understand exactly where you're at. Let's get to some this news and it. nuggets from around the league with icebreakers. All right, Frank, another time to shine here. Of course, delivered by our friends at DoorDash, Icebreakers. You wrote earlier this week uh, that the Dallas Stars, I did at least, that the Dallas Stars, to me, are one of the most intriguing teams in the league. They've got parts that they can move, um, and they got parts that they can keep, too. So is it possible that one of the players that you've had on your trade targets board could actually be staying put in Dallas? Yeah, it's certainly possible, and that player is Joe Pavelski. I'm told, Mike, that the Dallas Stars and Joe Pavelski have engaged in preliminary contract discussions on what an extension might look like. And I think the biggest question that Jim Nill and the Stars had is, does Joe Pavelski want to stay in Dallas? And I believe the preliminary answer to that is yes. I don't believe this is quite at the imminent stage yet, but the fact that they're engaged in discussion and could get something done, I think uh, the stars certainly are hopeful that they could get something done, is a pretty big indicator in terms of what their thoughts are when it comes to the deadline and Joe Pavelski. I've sort of wondered to this point whether there could be a half measure that exists for the stars. At this point, they are all in and focused on getting this team into the Stanley Cup playoffs. They had a Texas-sized win over the Winnipeg Jets on that front on Wednesday. Wednesday night, another big game against the Nashville Predators to try and uh, solidify their spot as the second or wild card against uh, the Preds on Thursday night. So uh, they're in a spot where they're talking to Pavelski. They'd like to keep him. They'd like to get something done. But you see the magical season that he's had, a career year through 50 games. He's never had 53 points. His previous highs were 51 and 50. So he's on pace for career numbers at the age of 36. Seven. And it sounds funny to say that a 37-year-old might be in line for a raise. The tricky part for this contract in working it out between Pavelski and the Stars, if they get there, will of course be term at that age. What kind of security can he get to want to remain and sign now in Dallas as opposed to chasing a Stanley Cup elsewhere or heading to market in the summer? I think he's like the fit in Dallas to this point. We'll see where that goes. It's really surprising that the San Jose Sharks essentially chose Eric Carlson over Joe Pavelski. That's that's retrospective. That's past history. But Pavelski's done an amazing job in Dallas. I love that fit there. Most players like playing in Dallas. I did as well. Another team that you've had a couple of players on your trade targets list are the Columbus Blue Jackets. And some normal names that you'd expect out there. But is there anyone that's been surprising lately that's come up in the rumor mill? 
Yeah, I, I think there's been a ton of intrigue. I, I would say, Mike, the Columbus Blue Jackets are one of the biggest wild cards when it comes to the deadline. No one knows exactly what they might be up to, and that's because they could be up to anything. We've got names on our list like Max Domi, Jack Roslovic has been there. Um, you know, what do they do uh, with some of the other players that they have that are trending towards new contracts? But one name I can tell you that's popped up in recent days and weeks that they've been getting a lot of calls on is Alexander Texier. You look at the season that he's had breaking through on the scoring front, 11 goals. Uh, he's missed a few games to this point this season, but over an 82-game stretch, that is a 25-goal pace that Alexander Texier is on. Teams like his compete level. They like uh, what he brings to the ice in terms of a more complete facet to his game. And so there's been lots of interest in Alexander Texier, and I'm told that should the right deal come down the pike for Texier uh, that the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, certainly would be open to moving him. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of decisions to make in terms of where that team is heading. A decided non-playoff team likely to this point and certainly open to interpretation on that roster as to what Yarmo Kekalainen is going to decide. So Alexander Texier, a name, Mike, that's generating significant interest. Yeah, curious to see what they do in Columbus. Maybe even I could even see hockey trades with the roster that they have, not just picks, prospects. It's just about everything. It's hard to predict what Yarmo Kekalina may do in Columbus. Now, there was a report on Wednesday that the Nashville Predators are actively shopping Philip Forsberg. Do you believe that to actually be the case? I don't. Uh, I mean, to this point, the people that I've checked in uh, seem to be very surprised by the report. Um, I think it's fair to say that to this stage, there has not been contract discussion between Philip Forsberg and the Nashville Predators, but there's really been no reason to. There's been no push. There hasn't been anything that's presented itself where Philip Forsberg has raised his hand or gone to the Nashville Predators and said, hey, I'd like out. There's been nothing close to that. Uh, he's been an absolute horse for this team this season. You look at the numbers that he's put up, 44 points in 38 games. He's been fantastic. He's a driver in every sense of the word for the Preds uh, and certainly someone that they need up front. It's going to be an interesting contract discussion, but I think there's been lots of patience there. And I think the Forsberg camp has been very understanding that for the Nashville Predators, all eyes are on the playoffs. That's a market that feels like they need to be in the mix in terms of the playoffs for gate revenue and monetary reasons. That market really seems to show up and, and stand up when it comes to playoff time. So their team is focused squarely on getting in. I, I don't believe that there's been much talk, if any, of moving Philip Forsberg and lots of patience on his end. I think he'd be intrigued about the idea of staying. I think he'd also be open to the idea of going to market. But there's nothing, there's no pressure point coming here where Philip Forsberg is raising his hand saying, I got to get out of here. I'm asking out. I want out. So I think this uh, report seemed to catch everyone that I spoke to by surprise. Interesting. Well, I could see the Nashville Predators definitely wanting to keep Forsberg, but even making a push or adding players towards the deadline. Frank, that team is poised in the Central Division to make some noise. They hit a lull recently, but they've been good most of this year. Without a doubt, they want to win. Yeah, thanks, Mike. This has been another edition of Icebreakers delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo codes at the bottom of your screen. If you're in Canada, D-F-O-D-D. -D. If you're in the United States, D-F-O-D-D-U-S. 
they get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. All right, Mike, it's time for our daily face-off show. Inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'd be happy to take your questions. And Mike, you just hit on it. The Blue Jackets, one of those teams, a non-playoff team that could be involved in making some hockey trades when it comes to the deadline. I think this year, more than ever with the flat cap, there are non-playoff teams that are in the mix to make some moves and shake up their roster. Give me one non-playoff team or trending non-playoff team that you'd like to see make a significant hockey trade and shake things up. I think Philadelphia fits that bill. Um, I, I think that Detroit's probably there as well, just because Steve Eiserman is usually active and makes sneaky deals at the deadline to improve his team in the future. Uh, they did that previously with Rana. But I think Philadelphia needs it as much as anybody. And if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I'm looking at my roster and thinking, I'm not really sure who's safe on this because it's been treading water for too long in Philadelphia. I think that it's time for a major shakeup of that team, that roster. Chuck Fletcher took some big swings previously in past summers. I'd like to see him do that again. It's not an easy task, but there's pieces there that the Flyers can move. And I think that if they do so, they can change everything about the face of that organization and just hit the reset button, Frank. Yeah, I think you're right on those two teams. Also, the New Jersey Devils and Seattle Kraken come to mind for me. But when you see the mandate from Comcast Spectacle CEO Dave Scott saying, we don't want this to be a multi-year thing. We want to turn it around as mm -hmm. quickly as possible. And we're going to give Chuck Fletcher a blank check to do so. That's an actual quote, blank check. Uh, that yeah. would seem to indicate that the pressure is on. And that's what the company mandate is to turn it around in short order. That means making moves as quickly or whenever you can. There's only two times a year you can really do that in the NHL, Mike, and that's trade deadline period mm -hmm. and before the draft. That yeah. brings us to our daily face-off show, daily bet segment. Tyler Remchuk in the money this week. Uh, yeah, but like Chuck Fletcher, I could also use a blank check to make back some of the money I lost yesterday. Nothing will make <laughs> you feel more like a degenerate than betting on the Canadians and Sabres and having it not hit and sitting there in the third period going, boy, I need the Buffalo Sabres to come through for me. So disappointing. 0-2 last night, looking to get back on track here. So let's jump into courtesy of our friends at PointsBet. Pittsburgh Penguins, minus 121 on the puck line. That's where I'm going with my first play. They're going up against a Devils team. That is just two and four this month. And the Devils failed to cover the puck line in all four of those losses. When they've been losing, it's been by a lot. For the Penguins, they have, they've actually dropped two in a row. And they're only 4-3-3 three and three in their last 10. But this is a good matchup for them on home ice. They've been solid on home ice this year. 14-7-5. I like Pittsburgh to pick up a victory. They're rested as well. And the Devils have been struggling to cover the puck line. So I think this, this is a safe spot here at minus 121. For my second game... I'm going to the Columbus-Florida matchup. And it's tough to find value here. As you can see, minus 481. That's the Panthers' money line. Minus 191 on the puck line. It's not even really worth betting on them, betting on, them on the puck line either. I am taking their team total, though. It's set at 4.5. It's paying out minus 110. They've hit this in two of their last three, and they barely missed it against Nashville, who's a much better defensive team than the Columbus Blue Jackets. They've allowed three goals against in their last two games with J.F. Barube between the pipes, but they They've allowed almost 80 shots on goal combined in those two games. 
If they give up close to 40 shots tonight, I think Florida will have no problem putting up five goals in this hockey game. And the minus 110 payout is actually a pretty good value considering how big of favorites they are. For my player prop, I'm sticking with this matchup as well. I'm taking a Sam Reinhardt assist paying plus 105. He's hit this in three in a row, actually. Even though he's been put down on the third line, he's still playing on Lundell. It gets a good third line out there in Florida. He also gets top power play minutes. And that power play is fourth in the league since the beginning of January. I like Reinhardt to pick up assist plus 105. Good value for a guy who's done it in 60% of his last 10 games as well. Pittsburgh puck line, Florida team total, Reinhardt assist, Frank. Loving the Reinhardt assist prop. Uh, we'll see how that goes tonight. We'll keep an eye on all that action from around the league, Tyler. And Mike, that brings us to garbage time. And I actually, rather than cede the floor to you, I wanted to welcome in uh, our newest member of the Daily Faceoff team. And that's Matt Larkin, who joins dailyfaceoff.com as our managing editor and senior writer. Uh, you saw the tweet we put out earlier today. So thrilled to welcome Matt, who spent the last 11 years of his career working at the Hockey News which is the Bible for the sport. Uh, pleased to have uh, Matt's trust and to welcome him to the team. And Mike, I'm sure you're thrilled to get a chance to wor uh, work alongside him as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you bring in somebody with that much experience and that well-groomed. Uh, I think that we're really, you get all of us together and we're going to set the bar real high on that. But yeah, bringing Matt on, it's it's a huge, huge addition here to Daily Faceoff and keep building forward. So definitely excited yeah. to be working with Matt shortly. Yeah, I uh, might be losing a little bit in the hair department game there. No longer the, the top status contender uh, uh, daily face-off. Wow. His uh, great, great salad. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> really appreciate uh, you working through us with the technical difficulties there. Thanks to Tyler. Thanks to Alex Allard behind the scenes. Welcome to Matt Larkin. We'll have him join the daily face-off show at some point soon. But that is all the time that we have for today's show. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the National Hockey League. We'll be back right here at 12 noon tomorrow. Talk to you then. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.